when we're getting to the place that, no, wait, that should be in the show. <laughs> so then I run and grab the recorder and yeah. make you start again. Um, perhaps before you, uh, can you hold that thought? I can hold it. Have you got it? I've got it. Are you sure? I've got it. Because you lost it last it. week. You know, no, I've snagged week. it. Okay, we lost the whole train. I thought you were in the middle of something and you were at the end of something. <laughs> in the meantime, it's... 8.36 a.m. Saturday, May the 23rd, 2020. I'm Bill. I'm Diane. It's the Bill and Diane Show. We did a pretty good, you know, sync on that one. No, we didn't. No, we didn't? No, it sucked. Oh, sorry. It sucked. It's a lovely day here in the treehouse. We got the little fairy lights are on and the little little dusting of. I got myself a cup of coffee here, and I'm gonna take me a sip. Particle beams and and uh, paranoid delusions of grandeur. Ah, ham and eggs. Uh, you know. Uh, yeah. It's a nice gray day, which I like. During yeah. this, it's just nice. It's perfect for the great north wet. It's been a hectic week here in Lake Amphetamine, as per usual. Over to you, Diane. <laughs> Well, you were just starting a thought. I just was starting a thought. Yeah. Well, I've been watching this morning. Oh, man. The Tracy Grammer, Jim Henry uh, live video. Right. I've, which, been, I've been watching Scott Law and Sam Grisman. Yeah. Uh, their live video from last night. And I was, uh, I'm a huge fan, huge fan of Tracy Grammer, especially when Dave Carter was live. Dave Carter and Tracy Grammer were couple of as most people who listen to the show would know they were there they're like the gold standard of, of contemporary uh, acoustic uh, singer songwriter uh, you know questing after you know mysterious qualities of life and stuff and i really want to attend the live concerts because these are live concerts but they also have the same sort of situation as bill that it's recorded you could watch it later thank god yeah. because Every time that I try to watch it, it's during my work day, and it's really hard for me to concentrate on it. And I like to concentrate on the music. I don't like it to just be background, right, you know. Right, yeah. so, Especially if you're listening to someone sing Dave Carter songs, because there's nothing about Dave Carter. These are foreground songs. This is foreground yeah, music. Oh. This, is, this is music that should be filling your brain and well, especially blowing because the edges out and stuff like that. Because the lyrics are just so, I want to say, luxurious. I mean, you could just loll around in all the, <laughs> the joy of it, of the words. The words are so incredible. It always interests me that they had at one point, or that I had heard that Dave Carter couldn't make it in Nashville because he was too wordy. I felt like, oh, that's what I love about him. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So I was listening to that this morning, and uh, and we were listening right up to the moment of the show because Bill came down while I was listening. He says, "Oh, I want to hear this one song because he knew what song was coming." And so then, when we turned this off so that we could watch the show, watch the show. I mean, start the show. Start the show. Start the show. Yeah. So we were no longer watching the video. We were doing the show. You were out in the kitchen getting a cup of tea. I was out in the kitchen getting a cup of tea. And That's right. As I was out there, Let's I was Let's be thinking... accurate here, Diane. Let's not <laughs> leave out any minute details. What are you wearing? Pardon me. I'm going to have another drink of coffee. Describe your outfit. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I'm 
Ooh, boy. Uh, That's good coffee. But at that moment, I was thinking, man, how much music has been my salvation during this pandemic? Because uh, I just have been immersed in music. And I was thinking, what would life be like if that was not one of your, like if you were a person who just loved sports, that was your entire world. Your entire world is kind of dropped out during this time. But for people who really love music and literature and all that, we have our own little bubble of joy within well, our houses. I am, a, I am one of the things that I am seeing as a positive out, uh, outgrowth of the current situation is that there's an incredible archive of music being recorded and performed and, and archived online. And we've got the rest of our lives to pick our way through it. I mean, even just uh, Tracy and, and Jim have done four, I think, of these concerts, these live stream concerts, which are on their YouTube pages, archived there. And each one of them has been over two hours long. And then, like, Scott and Sam have been doing two hour-long sets every week. And all of those are archived and stuff like that. And, and those are just the two that, two that I've been particularly drawn to. But it's like musicians from everywhere are... And Jim Page, for instance, you know, how many of his Bobcat Den shows has he wow. done? Wow, he has done are, so many. Which are all archived. And, and so we have this, this growing resource of... Uh, I don't know, I think about it, the, the shows that I'm doing and I'm putting them up on my YouTube page and... and Stuff like that. Those will be there after I'm gone, you know, um, unless the internet goes away or something like that, which I guess is possible. But, uh, this is this is our our digital archive uh, that we all dream about as people who have let technology kind of uh, lead the way. So we better preserve this because if we don't preserve this, we got no culture. Culture when culture all becomes digitized and there's no hard copies of anything anymore. If we can't preserve this digital archive then we have screwed ourselves out of our cultural legacy um, for generations to come so this is something that needs to be protected and the access to it and the free kind of level playing field uh, aspects of it need to be preserved if for no other reason than this is how our culture is going to uh, be archived and housed moving forward um, so it just I really have this sense of this importance of it just for in my own life, I mean, for me, this has been a great opportunity to, to create a performance that can stay. This is like putting out an album every week or something like that, because there's this, this collection of here's what it was like this Tuesday, here's what it was like last Tuesday, here's what it, you know. It's just strange to me that I'm able to, to do this at this point in my life and be having a good time with it and feel like people are getting something out of it. It's not just me, you know tooting my own horn and there's there's a a, a a group of people that might otherwise be coming out to the C&P Coffee Company or to the Cooth Buzzers or something like that and they're coming to these uh, Tuesday night things. Well and it's, people it's, who can't come to the C&P yeah, yeah. or the Cooth. Right. So this is You've a, had lots of people be able well, to come from different it, just, regions of the country that yeah. were fans of yours but don't live near you anymore. It's just a rare uh, opportunity to uh, uh, appreciate music that's coming from all different places, you know. And I'm only aware of the ones that I've, the people that I have been exposed to in my life, you know. Just when I think about this kind of thing, I'm in Seattle, 
you know, every city and county and town in the world has uh, something like this going on. What an amazing kind of archive. Well, and it really is the necessity being the mother of invention because yeah. I don't think that the musicians would have ever thought to have done this. Why would you? You're right. playing out live and doing stuff. But yeah. but uh, continues, your, your events on Tuesdays continue to be one of the joys of my life right now. That's yeah, my whole week is is gathered around it, and I'm you know every day I'm working on the set list for next Tuesday. I'm practicing up old songs. I'm going through and re- rediscovering and relearning my songs that I've written over the last forty five years, and and it's kind of fun. Some of them are pretty good, and I you know haven't played them in a long time, and and there's stories behind all these songs, and uh, there's stories that I haven't told in a long time, and you know you go back to a story that you haven't told in 20 years, you're going to be able to add some layers to it. You've learned more about yourself. You're going to be able to say some things about where this song came from that you maybe you weren't even aware of when you wrote it, you know, or when you were first describing it, you know. When I think of a song like Book of Edsel, which I'm trying to work up for this next Tuesday, that that was a seminal moment in my life. That was like kind of, it was kind of a here I stand kind of moment for me. I felt like I'm, damn it, this is where I am. I'm proud of how I got here. I'm proud that I'm here. And if it kills me, who gives a damn? It's, you know, <laughs> I, I was, you know, I had this moment. You know, I had this space. And um, I, I remember my my mom was freaked out. She thought I was uh, going off into the dingweeds and that food would have to be helicoptered in. <laughs> I remember just some of the stuff that my mom said at the time uh-huh. when, when I was talking about moving out to the Methow and, you know, it was never that remote. And she came up and visited and thought it was great, so. But it was, you know, it was a big change for me. And I wanted to fully occupy it, and I feel like I did. Well, you get to sort of revisit all the times of your life through your songs. Right, right. And it's weird, you know, I've been thinking, oh, I'm getting old. See, I can't remember all my songs anymore. And I think that's, I think the truth is I've just written too damn many of them. I can't hold them all in my head. You know, if I, if I write a new song, then something else has fallen out the back end of my brain. And I'm going to have to relearn it or at least practice it up to get it to where I can play it fluently again. Yeah, that's something I think people don't understand about musicians, about their songs. It, I didn't know until, uh, until I was with musicians all the time that they do forget their own songs. And oh, yeah. And it, I mean, maybe it is that I'm old and maybe I'm just fooling myself with this, with this with this. I think it's just that you get such a volume of songs that right. and then you get the ones that you're doing the new stuff that yeah. you're working you, on you are probably more likely to want to play something that's more current to your life uh, but then you lose that resonance uh, that can grow up around a song like when i play comfort now it's completely a different experience than it was when i first wrote it sacred ground and, and songs like that that have been around for 20 and 30 years they you know they're a way bigger in my mind and body as I'm playing them now than they were back when I wrote them. Yeah. And, uh, I love how comfort has evolved. Man. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, it's there are so many things that I feel like are going through my mind about the Tuesdays. And one of the things that I just love, I've talked about the, the interchanges that people have on on the comments. But 
I love that this last week, Charlotte, Stefan, and Henry, um, as soon as the show ended, they said, we're crashing backstage. And I was right. like, what? And they tried to call or something. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, they were trying to call us on Facebook, the Facebook video chat thing. Yeah. There is a Facebook video chat that you should become fluent with because that's a way to reach people that don't, don't have FaceTime or but I wasn't set up for it, so right. they just sent a little video instead uh, yeah. of all of them saying, thanks for the show. And, yeah, it was wonderful. And I was thinking, because when they said they were crashing backstage, I just I just loved that they said that, <laughs> you know, that they were crashing us backstage. Yeah. Oh, that's been a true joy for me, too. And it really is becoming, and maybe it's because isolation is... is, is uh, doing something to everyone's consciousness or something like that. But when I was first starting to do these live streaming things, I was like, yeah, but I don't feel the people, you know, I can't, there's not, in, there's no people in front of me. So it's, it's this weird and odd kind of thing. But every, with every subsequent week that I'm doing it and having, you know, I can't really delve into the comments and respond to them until after the show is over. Uh, but that's, you know, I've never had that before. Playing out in clubs and stuff like I never get to go through my own performance and see what everybody was saying as I was doing the songs. Yeah. I've never gotten, that was, that's not something that's available when you're playing at the C&P Coffee Company. I always feel a little bad when I'm performing in a place because I see everybody talking to each other and stuff like that and having a great time. And I'm kind of separate from that because I'm up on stage doing the performance part and I, I'm glad to be where I am. But I always feel like I'm missing out on some of that interchange and now I get to be part of it but after the fact so that's something that's better and I think each subsequent week I'm starting to feel like okay there are people here I'm feeling that support I'm feeling it you know it's kind of an accumulative thing and so that it's becoming more and more fun to the point where this last Tuesday I was about to explode and I've had experiences like that on stage before where I am just so amazingly pumped up by the energy in the room in the moment that I can barely contain myself and I tend to play things too fast and I tend to get a little you know a little over animated or something like that because I'm just so caught up in the energy of the moment well I think that you know just from having read every week and it's pretty much the same people who are showing up every time hmm. with some variations but yeah. uh, for the most part it seems like we've got uh, a group of people that are ready to party on which, Tuesdays. Which is kind of like how it was at the CNP or yeah, the food exactly. or, you know, Grumpy D's or the places I play. So gratitude for all of that. Gratitude for all of that. It's just amazing. It's, it's, it's like it's, uh, you know, I have a hard time keeping up with my own feelings around it just because it's, um, you know, I wish I could see everybody and hug everybody and, express my gratitude eye to eye with everybody but i guess we are coming up with creative ways to still have that love and that's amazing one of the things that has been most gratifying to me over the last few months is this songwriting group that i have become involved in oh yeah i you know i don't know i didn't know that i was ready to be in a songwriting group again and i think i forgot how uh, amazing it is to be in a group with other writers who whose work you admire and whose process you admire and whose friendship you value I was I had that with Amy Reed and Janice Carper and Heidi Muller back in the 90s um, 
and it was probably it was a very uh, uh, fruitful time in my writing life and it was an amazing uh, experience in friendship um, knowing all those people and stuff like that and I you know ever since that was no longer happening I've kind of thought well I had that I had that experience and it was great and, and uh, so I wasn't really I wasn't really necessarily deliberately looking for that to happen again. But when I got back in touch with Marjorie uh, Richards and met Nancy Reinhold, uh, Marjorie's wife, and Amy Reed and I were still have been in contact over the years and had done some shows together in the last year or two, um, and the, the idea got floated of, create, of doing, doing a songwriting group with the four of us, it was just, it seemed like a completely natural kind of thing and so it was was that your idea I don't, I don't, or I Amy's remember, or? I don't remember whose idea it was but it just sprung out of it sprung out everybody of, yeah and, and and just this uh, I don't know for some reason Marjorie and I, I I've always felt a kinship with Marjorie uh, as a writer um, and just as someone who's who the the quality of Marjorie's uh, intention uh, in her life, in no matter what she's doing, um, is has been something that I've always kind of just admired and and celebrated and kind of envied, because she's just so fully in. Um, it's not a question of you know it's like, it's like these and I would say that to about all three of these people. There's no question about what their real passion is in life and what they're pursuing day to day, ongoing. Uh, this isn't even a question. It's not like they're they're not asking the kind of silly questions that I tend to <laughs> ask in my own head uh, as I mess around with the DMF and stuff. Um, so the we've been doing this for a couple three months, right? We did it for I think we had a couple of meetings before isolation times came. Yeah. And then we've been having we've had a few meetings uh, over Zoom. And it's just like it has become so incredibly uh, vital to me uh, in terms of just not just human contact, but a particular kind of human contact where there is, uh, it's like there's 25 years of deep conversations that are already in the bank with these people. It's there. There's this whole background. And, I, you know, I. I don't know any of them that well, but I have this feeling when we're together that I know everything I need to know about them and they know everything they need to know about me. So there's none of that needs to be dealt with. I don't feel any uh, uh, reticence about being vulnerable with these people, uh, uh, being completely open and stuff like that. So it's a rare uh, thing for me to be able to be a part of this and it's, it's so strange and probably the most unique and wonderful aspect is how close to Nancy I feel because Nancy I don't know yeah. I had not known Nancy prior to this but there's just a quality of openness in her and part of it is how she and Marjorie are together because they are just magnificent they are just you can just feel the energy with the two of them in the room they're all the way together they're like you and me they are yeah. so together that it's just like I don't know how to describe it. I don't have words for this, but you feel it. And uh, and Nancy uh, is someone who, back in the '90s, was part of a group 
in Canada uh, called the Weird Sisters. It was formed in 1990 in Winnipeg uh, with a couple of other women. And uh, Nancy was part of this group from 1990 to, I think, 2002. Part of the group when they did, I think, three or four uh, recordings. And Nancy wrote or co-wrote most of those songs yeah. that they did during that period of time. May I just yeah. put in a little aside that I really love the name of the Weird Sisters because weird is one of the Norns. Right. And I'm totally, as people know from past history of Bill and Diane show, I'm, I'm a Norn lover. Yeah, it's W-Y-R-D. It's uh, ancient pre-Christian triple goddess type, uh, type uh, reference. Norse. Norse. So I, because there was some conflict in the band when Nancy left and stuff like that, I was, I have not, I had not heard any of this music. And it's not as, not very easy to find. And uh, at some point I said to Marjorie and to Nancy and to Amy, I said, I need to hear some of Nancy's music. Because I've heard Marjorie's music over the years, ever since Marjorie and I were at Whitworth together back in the early 80s. Uh, I've known Amy since the 80s also. And, and uh, we're in a songwriter group. And was in the, song, in the original of the Pudding Stone Songwriters Colony. Uh, Amy was part of that group from the 90s. And so I'm acquainted with everybody's work except for Nancy's work. And so Marjorie set up this kind of private website with the albums and the songs um, so that Amy and I could become familiar with Nancy's work. And it is just blown the back of my head off this and blown the back of my head off yeah, as well she's just an amazing writer uh these are amazing songs and it just it fits perfectly in my consciousness with the person i was seeing and knowing absent the songs so nancy seems in my mind to be an innate songwriter uh and it's so deep in her like with marjorie like with amy um, and hopefully, like with me, it's just it's part it's part and parcel of of her fundamental character. And May I just say too that I became fascinated with Nancy when I saw Marjorie and Nancy in your um, Zoom concert yeah. with Marjorie and oh, yeah. and Nancy was was coming on to do with... harmonizing right. and. I just was entranced by the harmonies. I mean, I, I am so totally a harmony. <laughs> uh, I love hearing harmonies. I think I was in choir when I was young, and I just loved singing harmonies. I love hearing harmonies that are well done, which is that you're blending and not having one person's voice outweighing another. And the thing that also fascinated me is that Nancy does this beautiful thing with her hands while she is singing that it's almost like her hands are dancing in the air and it just was so beautiful to watch as she was performing the harmonies. So I had already looked up uh, something about the Weird Sisters had found a video of them at some folk festival and saw them performing when they were young. So I already was feeling like I was kind of fascinated by the whole thing. But then when you uh, sent me the link to, to hear the songs, I was just like, oh my God, because 
her voice is so beautiful and so beautiful and hers, her voice and Marjorie's voice just blend so perfectly. Oh, it's so obvious gorgeous. that the, that that harmony is something that uh, comes from a very deep place in both of them. So that you don't need, you know, it's not like they had to learn it. It's like it was there in their relationship already. So it's a, it's like an outward expression of that. So suffice it to say, I am finding this new songwriting group that I am a part of to be probably one of the most magical elements of my life going from this point forward and just want to celebrate that uh, uh, as much as possible. Nancy and Marjorie are both exceedingly busy right now because uh, Marjorie is a, is a college professor and is having to do everything online now yeah. and is, it's very challenged and probably the last thing she wants to do is another Zoom meetup. <laughs> on a Thursday evening, you know, at the end of the day, but they still, they still seem to like doing, getting together with songwriters too. So here's hoping for many more, um, much more fruitful outcome for Amy and for Marjorie and for Nancy and for me, uh, coming out of this songwriting group. But for today's show, a couple of those songs uh, that have come into uh, my consciousness and into my heart and, and Diane's too in the last, just in the last 24 hours <laughs> since uh, we, we've started to delve into the, the writing and the musical abilities of Nancy Reinhold. Could I hold my breath or close my eyes? If I turn around now, would you follow? Step back in time to love's surprise And bring us back from this tomorrow As I keep calling Will you answer? I keep calling won't you come here? This home is where we used to live. When did you decide to leave, my love? If we could hold on to each passing day, Suspend the time between a light and sorrow Feel the weight of all we say And know the love we cannot borrow As I am still calling Can't you hear me? I am still calling and see me This home is where we used to live When did you decide to
as the faces of the people that we know And the road that we take is built on a landscape of each of our loving souls So when we lose a star dies the earth cries at darker skies our world is changed And the road that we take is built on a landscape of all that's rearranged Leave a 
Be 